Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From La Divina Italian Cafe in the Acadian Village Shopping Center, we're Out to Lunch with Stephanie Regal. Editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business, Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We all have two sides to our brain. The right side, which is said to control our creative artistic abilities, and the left side, which is the analytical part that can do math and science. But we often tend to describe people as either left-brain dominant or right-brain people, depending on whether they're particularly gifted with one set of abilities and skills or the other. Is this valid, or does a successful computer guy need to have artistic skills as well? Does a successful artist need a left brain? With me today to discuss this is Tim Rawls, who might be considered a left brain person. Tim is the owner of Tim's Computers, a PC retail and repair shop on Sherwood Forest in Baton Rouge that has been building and fixing the computers of a loyal clientele for more than 20 years. In the decade since, Tim has seen the PC retail and repair business change considerably, from one where the local IT guy was indispensable to one where he's been somewhat replaced by a techie in a call center 4,000 miles away. But Tim's Computers has survived the disruption because there is still a segment of the market that doesn't do online tech support, and Tim's is perhaps the only place that will still fix your Windows XP or Windows 7 PC, which is why if you walk into Tim's, you see a steady stream of mostly older customers who literally don't know where to go when their trusty PC crashes. Tim, it is a pleasure to have you here today. Thanks for joining us on Out to Lunch. Great to be here. Joining me and Tim at the table is Rob Carpenter, who you might assume is a right brain guy, but maybe not. Rob is a local visual artist who specializes in drawings using a variety of mediums that produce intricate patterns using shapes and particularly lines. Rob was a professor of art at Nichols State University for more than a decade, and though retired from teaching, he continues to spend his days making his beautiful drawings in his backyard studio. His work appears regularly at the Baton Rouge Gallery, where he is a board member, and is featured in a new satellite studio of the Baton Rouge Gallery at the Metro Airport. His work has also appeared in venues throughout the South and has hung in galleries around the country. Rob, thank you so much for joining us on thank, Out to thank Lunch. Thank you, Stephanie. So glad to be here. So I don't know about this left brain, right brain kind of thing. Tim, I mean, a lot of times we talk about like a computer scientist or a techie guy is really hard stuff. How did you come into it? And and do you really need to be a, a left brain person to, to be able to um, fix computers? I think everybody uses computers, whether they're using it for computer for business or for fun, uh, yep. whether they're doing graphics, whether they're doing music. So they, you can use a computer for anything these days. Uh, we have all kind of clients that come in and just need help and service and getting their computer back up and running, especially in a hurry. It's mm -hmm. like whenever the computer goes down, it needs to be fixed as fast as possible. And my husband, who is a computer guy, was in your shop last summer and he said, you just have got to see this place because people are just constantly in and out of there with their computers and they don't know where else to go. Right, well, unfortunately there are some things on the internet that people get hacked um, and a lot of viruses, so we do a lot of that. Uh, we fix older computers that nobody else will fix. 
So we pretty much do anything and everything. Uh, it's all about taking care of the customer and providing a good service. Excellent. Now, Rob, you're here on the other end of the spectrum with your uh, with your right brain. How did you come to be an artist? And, and particularly the medium that you have chosen is, is beautiful and so intricate and unique. Well, uh, And I might not have even described it correctly, so well, help me with whatever I said wrong in the intro there. Of course, but well, people who know me well might question whether I have a right or a left brain, <laughs> but uh, I think I do kind of fit the right brain category. <laughs> so, uh, I've been an, an artist since uh, uh, coming to LSU uh, to do my graduate work. Uh, uh, prior to that, uh, I was at Mississippi State and Delta State and uh, uh, launched my career as a teacher in 1980 at uh, at Nickel State, where I first started teaching, and I was there from 80 to 86, and moved to New York, and came back to Nichols in 1991, Excellent. and retired there in 2012. So. so the kind of work that you do, and you brought a, one of your beautiful drawings to show us, I mean, how, do you, how would you describe it? Well, and it's funny, because it looks like a very sort of technical, geometric type of drawing. It's not like flowery, abstract stuff. Yeah, it's... and, and I've been doing the series of drawings. I, I, they're called Paths of Moving Points, and that's okay. a textbook definition for a, for a line. And a line is, um, is uh, one of the elements of art. And, uh, there's line, shape, texture, value, and color, and line can do all of those things. So the, the Paths of Moving Point is when you put your pen down on a piece of paper, you make a point, and when you move it, You've created a line, okay. and uh, I stumbled into this about ten years ago. Really? Uh, and prior to that time, I was a fairly traditional artist. At least I was classically trained, uh, landscape, still life, portraiture, that sort of thing. But um, this all came about as a result of uh, uh, my finishing up a series of illustrations, which were linear in nature, and uh, I was writing the stories and illustrating them. But um, fortunately for the literary world, I got writer's block, and uh, <laughs> uh, so there were no more stories to illustrate. And a friend of mine just made a casual comment about how Rob just likes to make marks on a page. And when he said that, it's like the sky opened up and the heavens sang and trumpets blew. And I said, that's true. That's really all I like to do is make marks on a page. So, wow. Uh, so all these works are... Uh, use the element of line, which I can use different colored inks, create textures, patterns, values, and and the result. Uh, I know we're on radio, but uh, but folks can go to my website and so see cool. what they really look like. Excellent. Well, Tim, you're talking about the skies opening up, and, and, and so much of data today is held up in the cloud, as we call it, which is really like a data center somewhere. But how has that changed, you know, what you do, and, and just the, or, or if at all? Well, it's actually, it's a good thing. Uh, I wish more people would use it because we do a lot of data recovery. Mm -hmm. um, people don't know how to back up their information. So we have a lot of customers that come in that the hard drive has crashed, they have no backups. And then we have to spend a couple of days, sometimes a week, trying to get the information. And sometimes we can't even get that information. We have to ship it off to California to another place that, um, that can retrieve it for them. Now, you said um, 
and, and you said, you know, we're one of the few places that'll still fix your Windows 7 machine, say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is like, I think, what do they call it? Like functional, oh, planned obsolescence, right? I think is the right. term that they use now where where they make stuff that they know is only going to last a few years. And right. especially we see this with our phones and our computers that we rely on to do everything, right? I mean, how many people out there still using Windows 7 machines? And is it even a good idea to still to keep an older machine like that? Um, it depends because some of them have to use older operating systems to run older hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, we had a guy that brought in a, a, a tire alignment machine that was in a, a mechanic shop, and it's a, probably a $30,000, $40,000 alignment machine. And wow. he wouldn't want to purchase a new one. Mm-hmm. So we were able to fix his Windows XP computer that ran the alignment program. So sometimes people have older printers or older scanners that they prefer to use, or they just don't like to change. Mm-hmm. They just want to keep the old stuff. Um, you know, even though like Windows 7 was end of life last year, people still have computers that run it and run it well, and it can't handle running it like the newer operating systems, Windows 10. Yeah. So sometimes it's a financial thing. They just can't afford to get a new one. Sometimes it's because they just don't want to change. Right. Um, they just released Windows 11 this month, and a lot of people are excited about it. Um, you know, I'm already getting phone calls about what do I do with my Windows 10. Well, Windows 10 is still going to be supported till 2025. That's so that's good. another four <laughs> years from now. So you don't have to upgrade uh, or, or go to Windows 11 if you don't need to. It right. just looks a little different, but it still looks it still operates like Windows 10. It just looks a little different. Do you find it hard to, I mean, yourself as a computer guy, to become familiar with the new operating systems and, and how to work them? I mean, I find the older we get, the more difficult it is to transition. Unfortunately, I've been doing this for so long, I'm used to it. So every time <laughs> yeah. something new comes out, me and my employees jump on it and play with it and learn it. Um, it's usually when it changes to a new operating system, it's for a good reason. Yeah. And it's for the better. So um, the new Windows 11 is going to run faster. It's going to run better hardware, newer hardware. So it's actually a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, Rob, you mentioned um, some of the tools that you use, and you brought these really cool little examples of, these are pens, pencils, ink, something? Yeah, th- this is, there. The, I use ink, pen and ink exclusively. Okay. And these are three uh, different brands of, of what were known as technical pens. They are and, so cool. And as I told Tim, just when we came in, these these are tools that were put out, put into obsolescence by by virtue of computers mm-hmm. so wow <laughs> so it's uh, uh they were used primarily by draftsmen for uh, technical drawing but okay. artists who do kind of work like i do or something similar where you re- require a precise line uh, they were used by artists too but primarily these were uh, drafting tools but now we have computer-aided design so not too many people have much use for those except for Except People you like do. me. Artists yeah. use them yes. still. Yes. So interesting. Now, I suppose you could do your drawings on a computer, but then that <laughs> would not be the same thing, right? That's like, funny you should mention that. Just about two weeks ago, I was talking with a gallerist in Texas, and he asked me, uh, let's see, he says, what kind of program are you running to make these drawings? No, and, you're kidding. And I kind of paused for a minute. I said, I said, I don't, I said, I just draw these. He says, you mean you draw these by hand? I said, I said, yeah. And he, he was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, wow. So uh, anyway, but, uh, uh, you know, I like to say that anybody could do what I do, 
but not very many people would do what I do <laughs> <laughs> because it is a lot of repetitious work and uh, involves. Like in that p- picture you brought, that drawing, how many, how many little lines are on that? And that's a large canvas or whatever yeah. that, that material is, but yeah. thousands, tens of thousands? We, or oh, do we it, even it know? Would, it would be impossible to say. What I could tell you is that the, the process that I use involves taking the uh, blank piece of paper and I draw, I use a mechanical pencil and uh, a parallel rule to make a, a pencil grid and then the rest of it I just do by freehand. So the better way to comprehend it I suppose would be to say that I work in layers. I'll just put down a layer of one color of one type of line and then once that's finished some days later uh, I have to look at it and, and say, okay, what's, what's next? What color's next? What line is next? It, I like to liken it unto people, maybe people can, uh, if, they, if they make quilting, they use the needles, they go click, 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 click. The next thing you know, you've got a sleeve. And then you've got to pause at that point and say, okay, what do I do next? And that's kind of the way it is with me with every layer of line. I have to, to calculate and then it's just back to click, 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 except my mind goes scratch, scratch, scratch instead of click, click, click. So. Definitely some left and right brain going on there. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Rigo. I'm talking to artist Rob Carpenter and Tim Rawls of Tim's Computers. Tim, speaking of click, 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 tell me about the, the retail of the computer business. Like, I just had to buy a new computer. Um, transitioned away from Mac, which had been a huge adjustment going back to PC for a variety of reasons, but, um, you know, there was so much choice out there. There were so many different e-retailers, and then you got the big box stores. Do people still come to you for a home computer, or are you more service repair? Do All they? the time. We sell uh, anywhere between 15 to 20 computers, new computers, or laptops every month. Okay. Um, when somebody does bring in a computer, if it's going to cost, you know, three or $400 to mm-hmm. repair it, it makes more sense to put that money towards a new one. Sure. Um, and I've had a lot of people that have, um, you know, I got to have it today. Well, I can't have a new laptop today, so they will go to Best Buy or Office Depot and buy one, bring it to us, and we'll transfer their information to the new one for them. Um, so we still do a lot of retail. Uh, it, it is getting hard to find. Some my vendors are getting up where they don't have inventory. I've also been told that some of the Best Buys and Office Depot don't have that much inventory. Because of the supply because, chain disruptions. Yeah, and it's it's been difficult. Uh, some of the prices have gone up mm-hmm. on certain parts. Uh, cases, power supplies, uh, CPUs have gone up in price. Um, video cards are ridiculous right now because all of really? the Bitcoiners and uh, in data encryption people are buying all the graphics cards at three times the regular price. So some things have changed. Uh, but hopefully in six months or a year, things will get back to normal. I hope so, too. Yeah. Now, I know that, you know, the whole Mac explosion has, has really changed changed the world in a lot of ways. And, and most PC people kind of hate kind of hate Apples and Macs in general. But, I mean, do you or do you have a, a, an opinion on that? I'm okay with either one. Are um, you? Yeah, I actually started using Macs about three years ago just to get familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're... <clears throat> the hardware repair on Macs is a lot more expensive, um, but as far as using the Mac operating system, it works fine. So it's just a matter of preference. Uh, they used to say that Macs didn't get viruses. That's not so true anymore. Okay. People can get viruses on their Macs now, uh, so we, we do a little bit of that as well. 
Okay. So, so both of y'all are in really interesting, you know, interesting professions. How lucrative is it? I mean, I know, Rob, for an artist, it's, it can be really hard. You, I mean, and you're retired now from teaching, but do you sell those drawings? Yeah, we, we, I, um, at the Baton Rouge Gallery, where I'm an artist member, we, we have shows uh, at least every once every three years, and I was lucky enough to show every year. So I'll usually mount about 10 drawings uh, for my exhibition. And I'm lucky enough to sell a, a couple of those. I, I, and then I have a gallery in Dallas. But uh, uh, so I could sell them. Uh, I'm fortunate that I'm not in a position where I have to worry about selling art. But yeah. uh, but it's uh, it's always nice and and rewarding to to think that somebody would like to and put that you, in their house. Do you market online as well? I mean, yes. like your own personal website or through the Baton And we've had Baton Rouge Galleries, Jason Andreasen, on the show right. before. They do a wonderful job here in the community. They but do really, they help market your work as well? And yes, that of they other do. We ha- we, you can go to the Baton Rouge Gallery website and see any of the 70 artists' work. Mm-hmm. Uh, prices are usually going to be on there, so you can look at at. Uh, my art and my fellow artist members work uh, I have a website uh, robcarpenterart.com there you go uh, plug <laughs> uh, if, since we're on radio if you'd like to see anything visually uh, that's that's where we can do it. and so yes and I have someone my friend Kelsey Livingston who is one of the staff members at the Baton Rouge Gallery uh, she helps maintain my website and keeps it up to date and uh uh, she's my left brain, I should there say. There you go. <laughs> we all need younger people to, to help us with that sort it keeps of stuff. Us, it keeps yes, us young. Yes, absolutely. Tim, I mean, your business is, are you the only guy in town doing this pretty much? Or no, is there a lot of competition? There's probably about four different computer stores in town that mm-hmm. are uh, more personal. Um, but I like to say we're the best. Sure. We have a good reputation. Most of my business is word of mouth. Uh, I've got a lot of customers that have been with me for Many, many years, 15, yeah. 20 years, and I've got customers that I've been with uh, for 30 years. Right. So it's uh, it's mostly word of mouth. That's great. Yeah. And um, and so you don't really have to advertise too much. I don't. No. Um, I've, I've tried doing some advertising in the past, and it really didn't make any difference. Yeah. Uh, so we just, I've got people that drive from Mississippi. I've got people that come from Texas. Mm-hmm. I've got people that uh, have moved off to Vegas and Chicago, and they still call us up and say, hey, help, help fix my computer uh, we use a remote program to log into their computer help them fix it interesting yeah and computers are so much more powerful today they're able to do so much more do you think they're better made than they were 20 they say are. years ago are they um I, I say that we've had some uh different companies hp dell that some of the different models weren't as good as they were mm-hmm. uh, but they're all good computers um the the motherboards and processors and CPUs that we use and the uh, power supplies are much better they have better warranties okay so you can get a three-year warranty or a five-year warranty on a hard drive uh, as when you go with a mail order like HP or Dell they give you one year and then you opt in to buy an extended warranty right so it just depends on how you look at it Rob do you use computers in your work at all no not really uh, only to uh, as the marketing tool yeah uh, uh, I have to check my website periodically uh, so that's about as far as it goes with that. So, uh, uh, but, so you uh, mentioned the the process that you go through to do a drawing, or do you? Where do you come up with the idea for the 
for the image? I mean, do well, you see it in nature when you're walking around or when you just actually you dream the, about the lines and the shapes? Or? Well, what's uh, happened since I've been doing this Paths of Moving Point series for 10 years now, uh, I've noticed it's, gone, it's evolved uh, over about three different uh, phases. And uh, so actually the, the, the work has, has been inspired by itself. Okay. Uh, for example, the first few years I was d making a, sticking with a very geometric pattern that I start with, and then I began to let the drawings evolve a little more organically. And again, the work informed itself. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, as time goes on, uh, I started adding curving lines rather than just straight lines okay. because when I was using just straight lines everyone said oh they look like textiles uh, and, and they did. They did yeah. But now that I'm I'm uh, have evolved into this third phase using these curving lines um, we're in a whole new iteration so uh, it's it, it the drawings tell me what to do. Oh I and love so that. So I just have to look at it and and be attuned to oh that's what I can do next. So. Yeah. And, and they're such, the patterns are so cool. I mean, have you applied them to any other medium besides just a large piece of paper, like use it for a book jacket or a, or a table, piece of furniture, for instance? Well, one of, my, one of my best friends used to, uh, in that first phase of the drawings, when I was using a very systematic, preconceived geometric uh, uh, format, uh, he said, oh, you should laminate these. They'd make wonderful placemats. Yes, yes, yes. Something like that. <laughs> well, well that put was, them in though. Because cool. that that was a prosaic crit criticism. So, <laughs> no. uh, but that's no. okay. <laughs> but they would. I, be, I mean, him. it just seems like they could. You could do a lot with them. Yeah. You know, I, well, yeah. They, they maybe could. not. You wouldn't want to put a plate on it. But, you know, <laughs> but like a piece of furniture. Like, right. Mm. And or yeah, they certainly could be translated into a textile. Uh, one, one time I was being interviewed. Uh, uh, and uh, the the person asked me, "Well, how long does it take you to glue these threads onto this piece of paper?" <laughs> and I said, well, "No." I said, "No, they're they're not threads. They're actual That's just lines." Funny. So, Tim, have y'all ever had? I mean, do you have situations where people bring you their computers and you can't fix them? Oh yeah, it it happens. Really? Um, yeah, um, a lot of laptops. Uh, sometimes the parts are really expensive, or a touchscreen on a laptop may be cost. You know, three or four hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. um, some of the Dell power supplies, instead of being fifty dollars or a hundred dollars, yeah. So it's really we give the customer an estimate and let them choose whether they want to fix it or not fix it. Uh, we do warranty the work for thirty days. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes parts that you get online are not very good. Mm -hmm. So we try to we try to give the customer a choice and say you can get this part for this price, or you can spend a little bit more and get a better part yeah. with a better warranty, and just give them their options. So, and, and we talk a lot on this show with different guests about the problem with, you know, labor today. Do you have trouble finding qualified people who know how to get inside a machine and Not really. Fix it? Really? Um, all the, most of my employees are in their 20s. I've got some that are not in their, they're younger, but they all, all the kids want to go work on computers, work in the air conditioner, have fun and fix computers. Uh, a lot of them are gamers. Yeah. So they get to, okay. you know, see what the latest and greatest are and see everybody else's computers and compare. And that's a huge, like a whole subculture specialty yes. world into itself, isn't it? Yeah, there's it? a lot of YouTubers that are out there that the kids just want to put their videos on YouTube. So mm -hmm. uh, they got to have a good computer for that. 
Uh, every six months, a new game comes out that pushes the computer. So you got to upgrade your computer to handle the games. Interesting. Yeah. And so I guess that's that's been that's helped fuel the business over the years Very as much. things have changed. What's been the biggest change that you all have seen in your respective worlds since you started out 20, 30 years ago? Well, in in my field, certainly there's a lot more computer-generated art. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's why the person who asked me what kind of program I was running assumed yeah. that I was using a computer to make my drawings. So mm-hmm. uh, I would say that's, that's certainly been a, uh, uh, something innovative and new uh, to the traditional arts. For better which, or worse? I suppose it's just like making any drawing. It can be a good drawing, it can be a bad drawing, but yeah. it can be a good computer-generated work or, or video-related. Video is certainly something that's been around since the 70s uh, at least. Right. But, you know, of course, with with that kind of equipment, which gets better and better, I mean, people can make movies with their i10 phone. Yep. So, uh, so, yeah. And what about you, Tim? What's been the biggest change you've seen? Uh, pretty much the cell phones. Yeah, because yeah, uh, a lot of the, the kids and then my kids don't even hardly use their computers anymore. They just do everything on their phone. But you got to have a computer to do a lot of things. Indeed. Well, Tim Rawls and Rob Carpenter, it's great to know our community has talented, creative people who use both sides of their brain to keep computers humming and to keep our spirits soaring and inspired with beautiful and compelling visual works of art. So it's been delightful vis- visiting with both of you. Thanks so much for joining me on Out to Lunch and sharing your stories. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Thank you, Stephanie. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Tim Rawls of Tim's Computers and artist Rob Carpenter. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Tim's Computers and Rob Carpenter by listening to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, itsbatonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Otts. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at at acro. That's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill and recorded at La Divina. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table, where we'll be back at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.